Yeah, well, I know you've had a long um, journey already up to this point in time, an exciting life journey and story that involves yoga and a thing we like to call manifestation. Um, and you've been oh, able yeah. to dive into these topics in a, in a cool artistic way. Um, so as yeah. just a friend of yours who is always inspired by you and how you're living and what you're accomplishing and manifesting, I wanted to maybe spend a bit of time and talk about the topic of manifestation and what that really means um, and what that looks like for different people um, and just yeah. kind of dive into that whole realm if you're if you're open to explore that. I'm keen. Let's do it. I'm all about it. So it lights me up. Um, yeah. So yeah. I guess with that being, let's maybe start to just hear about your journey a bit. What kind of brought you into the the world of one, maybe yoga to start? And was that kind of your entrance into a world of maybe creative thinking and kind of out of the box thinking in terms of manifestation and maybe some of these other spiritual aspects that we'll dive into? Um, yeah, for sure. So when I moved to Atlanta, um, I was married at the time and I got married when I was 20. Wow. And I was just cleaning up my life and trying to figure things out and did not go to college. Um, I tried like three times and it just did not resonate with me yeah. whatsoever. Um, and so I got married instead. <laughs> You said, you said this college thing isn't working out for me. So let's try the marriage thing. <laughs> That's acceptable. Um, so like a little bit more background is I'm from like a very small town and I grew up on a farm in Georgia. And so I come from Southern Baptist background as well. So very religious family members, um, grew up very religious. And then I totally rebelled when I was like, 15, 16, and went okay. off like into crazy land. Um, I was ready to get my act together and like figure things out. I actually played basketball too um, in high school. Like I was yeah. very deep into basketball, almost went to college, but because I rebelled so hard, I lost that scholarship and did not go. And the universe redirected me into another area of life. And so... I um ended up yeah finding my husband like we got married six months after meeting one another moved to Atlanta and I'm summarizing quite a bit but we moved to Atlanta I landed a job as a designer um at the time I was a an assistant to a designer for about six to eight months okay and it just was my thing I was just flowing I was crushing it and then finally they were like okay here we go. Like you're in it now. Like you're now a consultant, like full me full time into it. I was making insane money. Like so you were, so you were like young twenties, married, had a great career. Like you were just kind of living yeah. that typical. I mean, you obviously took your own rebellious path to get there, which included not doing the college <laughs> route and not the whole basketball thing. That was maybe part of your I don't yeah. know, plans that could have been. Uh, which by the way, I totally. love basketball so much. And I love that. That's kind of what I feel like cemented our friendship. Um, totally. We obviously got to meet through Max um, and you guys and your beautiful relationship. And I'm so happy that through him, I got to meet you, but I'll never forget just hanging with you at the park that the first day we <laughs> met. And I was talking about something about like, oh, I, 
I just want to like play basketball or something so bad. And you're like, oh, well, like I have a ball in the car. Like, do you want to go to, <laughs> to the courts? And I was like, you're kidding me. And you're like, no, yeah, like, um, on the back of my car. <laughs> yeah, you're like, let's, let's go play. And I was like, yo, in a ski town, like finding basketball players is one in a million. Like there's yeah. a nice open gym that happens every once in a while, but like, I'm usually on my own going to the courts <laughs> to shoot hoops. So the fact that you were just like there ready to go, you're like, let's lace them up. Like, I'll meet you there. I was like, oh my God, I love this girl. <laughs> like, who is she? Where did this girl come from? And yeah, that day. <laughs> and I think it, that first day we met, we spent like three hours on the basketball court, literally yeah. just shooting around and diving into what I think we're going to talk about today. Some of that, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's really cool to go so full funny. circle and, and come back on to all of that. <laughs> I know. You just never know. Like, you got to keep a basketball. Like, <laughs> you just might get bored or something. And then, Seriously. like, all of a sudden, the basketball court around. You just never know. <laughs> Seriously. I've actually. I've my car for, I guess, since high school. Yeah, I just always have one just in case. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, well, I. So we moved to Atlanta and I was like, okay, well, I feel really good in my relationship. I'm feeling really grounded in that area. Um, I feel really grounded in my career. And I was like, now I just want to like, I want more, you know, I was like, there's gotta be more. And at the time, my partner was also very, um, just like intuitive and philosophical and like wanted to like dig deep into, um, religion because the reason we actually got married was because of a very religious uh, couple who was around our age and they basically were like selling us marriage like they wanted us there was like this whole thing like him and I both we met at church like I was cleaning up my stuff I was getting off of drugs um he was doing the same and so we both it was very divine, actually. Like I was like, okay, mom, I'm going to church. <laughs> like I'm gonna go clean my thing, like my like, clean my shit up. And so I went to this non-denominational church in Athens for the first time in like probably six or eight years. And my mom went with me. And so she was like, Well, they're just starting this college program literally today. And I was like, Okay, um, that's amazing. What great timing. But I was too scared. Like, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave her and, like, go to the college area of the church. They did the last calls. They called, like, I don't know, six or seven times. And they finally were like, okay, like, last call for the college students. Mom was like, go. So I was like, okay, finally. I was like, I just went, started walking over. I was, like, the last one to walk over to the warehouse area for college-age students. And... I was talking to the lady that volunteered at the church and I was telling her it was my first time um, being at this church. And the guy behind me was like, oh my God, it's my first time too. And literally that was my ex-husband. We ended up meeting at church that same day on do, the same path. Do we just so, become best friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we like sat together and like he shared like his background and how why he's there. And, and actually, you were he was there. And you were there with your but, mom, right? 
Yeah. So day one, he was already, he was already in with mom. He was like already yeah. met the family and everything. And <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, what's even wilder than that is literally four days before that, my mom, when I told her I was ready to go to church and like clean up my stuff, she was like, Oh, thank God. Thank God. You know, maybe you'll meet a man. Of course. <laughs> maybe you'll meet someone. I was of like, course. Oh God, mom, like too far. I'm trying to get my shit together here. So yeah. Um, we get, but it ended up meeting him and we, now that I'm like more knowledgeable about how relationships work and how we bond as humans, um, it was very much a trauma bonding experience. We both came from these crazy backgrounds and were able to help one another. Like we became very codependent on one another and wanting the same thing. So we just paired up, joined forces and then started cleaning up. And we had some, you know, you know, some, some stuff, there was some falls along the way, some obstacles along the way. And in that we were swooped in and we, this couple like basically came into our lives and we're like, get into this like very big Baptist Christian religion with us. And like, you'll get all of these things. And like, it was, it was a quite an interesting journey between him and I, and we got really I would like to say I almost felt kind of brainwashed. So we ended up getting married. I'm still grateful for the path and it led me to where I am today. So I'm very much grateful and don't regret one bit of it. Um, Cause if I hadn't have done all of this, I wouldn't have gone down the following path, which was starting to question all of religion and what it meant for me and what resonated in my belief system mm -hmm. and started studying what belief was in general mm -hmm. and so him and I started along that path and that's when another friend of mine kind of came in through um she was actually a friend of mine in Athens at the time I was living in Atlanta she introduced yoga to me and she was like come to a yoga class and I was 20 years old and I went to my first yoga class and this yoga class was a level two hot yoga class. So I'm like, first one I don't ever. know anything about yoga. <laughs> I'm looking around this yoga class. Everyone's doing like handstands and they're like up on their arms with like their legs, like way up here. And I'm like, where am I? And what is this? I was so inspired. And like, I was like, I was like, I have to learn how to do all of these things like it it amped me up like I came from like pretty competitive backgrounds so yeah I, was like, I want to like it felt very almost kind of competitive at the beginning and like mm -hmm. I was seeking more and like the more I was like challenging my brain it was like challenging other areas in my life so it wasn't just physical when I was on my mat yeah. Um, and that, that first yoga experience, were you drawn more to the physical component of it or was it more the spiritual aspect of the practice? And obviously that all developed throughout time, but that initial class, when your friend invited you and everything, were you in a space, um, where you were kind of like searching for God in a way or searching for spirit or, or whatever resonates with you. And that's kind of what led you there. Um, or was it more of just a physical component of being interested in doing an activity that was new to you? So yes, to both. Um, it was so on the, on one hand, I was kind of questioning my belief system and like 
what I had gotten into. Like I believed this religion to bring me all this happiness if I got married. And then once we got married, we both were kind of questioning like what the hell we were doing and why we did this. And like, we stumbled a lot in the beginning of the marriage. So then it questioned who God, we started questioning who God was. And that was just because of the relationship that we were in. And then we moved away to Atlanta, which is two hours away. So Mm -hmm. personally, yes, I was questioning that area, but I didn't seek yoga to fulfill that. Yoga just came into my life and another like area. And so I was seeking more of like this connection with a friend at the time who was introducing another, I love trying new things. And so I'm going to try this. Yeah. And throughout your rebellious years, we'll call them as a, uh, you said you kind of, when you were like 15 or 16, you said you started Mm -hmm. to kind of rebel against everything. Um, throughout (laughs) those years, did you find that your relationship with, we'll say spirit, um, God, whatever word resonates coming from a Christian background. I mean, God is a word that I grew up with. My mom is a Christian as well. And, um, So I guess my question is, did you find that throughout those years, you still had some type of relationship with spirit and you were just kind of out of the religious component of it all? Or were you pretty much checked out of like, I'm not really like feeling in touch with the higher purpose or a higher good or, or any sort of divine connection beyond that, that comes with say religion or spirituality or, or any of the, you know, mediums to get there. Yeah, I love that question. So I'll give a little. So at the time, it was more of the religion, the this is what you have to do, like telling me this is what I have to do, like stand, sit, open the book, do this, sing this song, like mm-hmm. you have to be at church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, Wednesday night, and mm-hmm. like, um, tell all of your friends and like, you've got to do this or like the constant. um, I didn't feel saved. I think I got saved like 20 times growing up because I constantly felt fearful that I wasn't being saved enough. And Mm. it was like this aspect of just really feeling like confined and restricted. And I was like, this doesn't feel good. And it was like, I was breaking open the shell of, or this box that they were trying to put me in. And so, however, now that I'm learning more about the brain and our belief systems and how neuroplasticity works in the brain, your belief system is a loop that is consistently imprinted from childhood. So like from zero to seven years old, you have an imprintation of all of the things that have come from your parents, um, your peers, societal pressure, whatever it is. Um, they've created this looping um, that, that is that is your belief system. So regardless of the rebellion to what I was being told in the present moment and this life that I was, you know, wrapped up in with my parents at the time, my belief and spirit was still there. Like I still mm-hmm. have very like deep roots in spirit mm-hmm. and higher power. And that is. Yeah. So you never lost that on your journey of through rebellion and all of that, it was more of just the the kind of logistics of the rules and all of that stuff. You were like, this doesn't really align with me at the moment. And I need to test some, some areas of life out. 
<laughs> and I can relate to that story. I, I honestly can. I grew up in a church. My mom um, is a very Christian, beautiful, non-denominational, and just a very, I, I like my, I, I really feel grateful for my um, childhood in religion because I wouldn't to this day consider myself religious by any means. I, I truly believe in all religions and I think they're all rooted in deep spiritual concepts um, that um, resonate different for different people. Yeah. Um, but my mom is, is, has always been the Christian that really strives to live the life that Jesus or, or God would want her to live, not just like mm -hmm. preaching it and not just judging people for not doing it. Like literally right. getting together with her group of friends and like seeing who they can like cook a meal for who's in need and like having prayer group, you know, just like pray for people yeah. who are going through things and like just really, you know, like doing good with, with the faith of Jesus and following in, in his footsteps. So I feel very blessed that I was exposed to a healthy religious environment because I think a lot of people in especially today's world, um, religion isn't so much of a thing anymore because of so much trauma that's been built up in that world for so many people. Um, mm -hmm. And due to stigmas and due to, I mean, even wars that have stemmed, the most killings in the world have all stemmed from some sort of religious, usually uprising or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it just, I really resonate with your journey because I rebelled for a number of years. Um, <laughs> and I can say that I never once felt um, like as alone as I felt in the world. And even to this day, in those moments of aloneness, it's never truly alone because I can always just talk to God, you know? And that yeah. was something I think just praying taught me as a little kid at night, like just praying before bed and stuff yeah. like that. Like that was where I really felt a connection with, if I was scared, I would just pray to God. And mm -hmm. if I was walking home in the dark and it was from my neighbor's house and before people had phones with flashlights, it's like, it was dark and I needed to like pray <laughs> and be like, please keep me safe right now. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think so being someone who was kicked out of Sunday school, like I was getting kicked out of like all these things, like not because I was a bad kid. I was just, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't, you know, a lot of it didn't align with, <laughs> with me. So I appreciate hearing that. And yeah, yeah. I definitely relate. <laughs> totally. And I see it as like a roadmap now. Like I understand like why there, why it is there and why it exists in the this world and why most parallel to one another mm. and it's now more of a relationship with I'm now co-creating with the universe and exactly. so it's not so much as like when I was growing up where there was like this guy in the sky who is granting me wishes or damning me to hell <laughs> it's like okay actually like we can work together in this and like praying is like a really great like way as a kid to learn how this is that relationship that is going to help you alleviate that fear and like there isn't a monster in the closet like go to sleep it's okay yeah <laughs> right and it's like the only way to see if there's a monster in the closet is to shine a light there it's to actually have a conversation it's to actually open that door and say like hey what's what's up like let's check this space out um, totally. that, that is so scary, but once we open the doors and see there's no monster, it's actually a, a good place to maybe dive yeah. into. 
Exactly. And so with all of that, like going back to um, the yoga class and it inspiring me and like one of the things about manifestation is if it lights you up, it's it's almost an indicator isn't an, an indicator to showing your authentic self. So now learning that too more and more is like that is where the flow like where I'm trying to align with more to create more of the life that I'm meant here to manifest is to be more in alignment with that authentic code and yoga was that like spark that I needed it was like home it was a resonant like it was like this is it and so I went back every day I did yoga every day for like two years the owner reached out to me and she finally was like, do you want to teach? She's like, you're here all the time. You know it. Yeah. And uh, because at the time I was also becoming really good friends with an, um, another girl named Adriana, who was kind of on a similar path with me. She started introducing manifestation workshops through To Be Magnetic. Um, Lacey Phillips is the founder of To Be Magnetic and got me into manifesting. So while I'm doing all of this yoga stuff, I'm becoming friends with more yogis who are on the similar path, like just trying to align, create, manifest, um, and up level their lives. And so, and learn more about themselves as they go. Mm -hmm. So, and so going back kind of now to the story aspect of it all. So you discovered this new practice in, in yoga and started really diving into it all. And this was while you were still married. Yes. Okay. And then, so, and this was while you were still in Georgia or yeah. yeah. And then, so from there, what brought you to the snowy mountains of Aspen, Colorado? Did yeah. you, did you manifest that for yourself or was that kind <laughs> of a divine kind of just from the universe? Here you go. We're going to push you over to this direction. <laughs> 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 yeah, so um, I was kind of a baby with manifesting, but I was learning um, about like all of these new things with yoga and spirituality that was resonating. My partner at the time was also kind of like on the same same path too. Uh, we actually just uh, wanted to go on vacation somewhere, and I was like, I would love to learn to ski, and so I was like, let's go to Colorado and just go check it out. Went to Loveland for the first time to ski, had an amazing time, got back to Georgia and I was like, I want to try to move to Colorado. And I was kind of like, you got to go too. Like, I think it's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think it's going to be pretty easy. I was just, for some reason, feel very, I felt very just, called to go. Yeah. yeah. Like spirit was kind of like, this is your next step in this adventure. And I was like, all right. So I applied for a job, literally got the job within like a week, um, found an apartment within a week. And my husband at the time was like, yep, he got a job. So it was like, the doors just blew wide open for us. So it was like, spirit was like, yeah, this is where you're going next. Wow. So he was on board. He was all about it. Yeah. At first it was, a, there was a little resistance because he is kind of one of those people that did like to like create like a, this oasis of a home and be there. Like he was very much a homebody. Um, mm -hmm. but both are Sagittarius. So spontaneity is like ingrained in us as well as like adventure and traveling. So we did have that. 
um, as well. We also had a cat. So traveling with a cat was a little scary. <laughs> but you got but it done. You got you got, got there. All three we, of you, your your little family arrived in Colorado and yeah. you started just shredding and living the Colorado lifestyle. Yeah. And then I dove more into, so when I got to Colorado, I was, I didn't know anybody. Like we are very much on our own. And, mm -hmm. and that's when I did a lot of inner work and was able to find the time to literally sit down and do, do all of these manifestation workshops, um, get into like childhood trauma and like shadows that were all being shown to me. So like, I started to learn that everything around us is mirroring back the universe working to help you get back to your authentic self. So when things were like feeling stagnant and I wasn't, so the time my ex-husband and I were just like on different paths and for some reason the relationship was just no longer cohesive and we wanted to do and create separately. So we just became roommates at the time and ended up splitting cordially um, about a year after moving here and realized there's just, we served our purpose of our relationship and what we were meant to bring into each other's lives. And that growth was, it hit its peak and we love each other still to this day. And we were like, let's go live our life and create the lives that we want to live and not hold each other back. Yeah. And so- I yeah. love that so much because I have a similar experience with Sky, my previous relationship, where it's like, yeah. it was, I thought I had been in healthy relationships my whole life until I actually got into a healthy relationship. And then I was like, oh, wow, my last relationships were like very toxic. Um, <laughs> and so with Sky, I was able to actually, we went kind of a similar path of we were able to, what I like to refer as like, we broke up and we didn't break down. And yeah. that's like this whole breaking up thing. Like it's so often viewed, I think, as such a harsh reality and such a dark place and mm -hmm. intense because um, obviously there is heartbreak with that. There is emotion filled with that and as well as physical life changes, especially when you're moving and stuff like that. Um, but I think just that, yeah, just to look at it as a breaking up instead of a breaking down and just knowing that, wait, we can still just continue to fly together. Like, exactly. you know, we can just do our thing and forever love each other. And that's, right. it's so beautiful to have experienced a new type of endless love that is actually um, real in the sense that it has nothing to do with attachment. It has nothing to do with the amount of time spent or the words that are exchanged or the physical romance that's involved or any of the physicality that's involved. It's just like legit yeah. unconditional love. Like whether I see you tomorrow or never see you again, I'm going to love you till the ends of time. And Absolutely. that's Absolutely. such a freeing feeling. And I, I feel that in the right relationships, we can actually feel more free than we do on our own. And that's like, you know, it's like, actually, I think a lot of relationships can be defined by space, not closeness. We think about like, how close are you? That makes such a good relationship. But I think it's, it's, it's this allowance of space to be whoever that is in exactly that moment. And if that's someone taking a totally different path that may lead to, in your case, a divorce, it's like, what a beautiful thing to be okay with and to be 
aligned with the journey, the process and accepting of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And learning more too, through the self-help books that I've gotten into, um, and manifestation is, so I read somewhere, like there's a point in your relationship because partnership is one that most people can relate with the most in relationships and how to manifest and how they work and what, why we innately crave them or desire them. And so it's two, one, it's a, you know, a matching to some sort of other relative in your life that has parented you. So there is like some sort of inner work inside of you from your childhood that they are actually presenting into the present moment. And so it can either be taken into a more healthy direction of you see that there is a reaction or a shadow, a block that's coming up inside of you that they are mirroring um, or triggering so that you can work on that and unblock that and get into the depths of where that's coming from. And then, you know, if you become more aware of that whenever it's happening, so you can take that and actually work and unblock so that you can then raise your vibration or align with more that is in alignment with your highest self or your authentic self. And so hopefully like you see that in the relationship and to navigate it in a way where it is that you're still responsible and taking agency over what's happening in that partnership. And so I personally love being in partnership. I've been on and off dating since divorce. Um, I've had my time as being single, but I have learned so much um, through dating and being in partnership. So even so much so that I've had it come out in me where there's been a sequence of calling in different people that have started to show this sequence that kept coming up for me that was actually from a relationship that I was in from, believe it or not, fifth grade to my senior year of high school. And it's very unique because I actually haven't known anyone um, to this day that I've actually shared this with or um, have spoken with any of my friends who've had a story similar, but like I was cheated on and tormented with from like middle school all the way through high school with the same guy and learned this behavior of love um, at this age and it has imprinted in me and has now been triggered and showing up and dating since my divorce. So it was like, I was married, I was healed. I was healing through that marriage. And then after my divorce, it was like, oh, you still have this stuff inside of you from your middle school, high school relationship with this guy who basically like bullied me into dating him and then cheated and like this vicious cycle all the way up until my senior year and so now when I've been dating I've been it's been showing me like these are parts that are still needing attention and love and parenting and so it's been a beautiful journey and it's taken me you know just this past year of calling in a partner that's more in alignment and working through all of the other dating experiences to finally see that it was all working to help me and to redirect me to the path that I'm meant to be on so mm. that I could get in there. And it was a fast track to mm. healing through all of these like relationships that I had entered into um, over the past, like two, three years now. 
So yeah. And when you say that you there's parts from previous relationships that need attention and love and caring, um, I think obviously everyone can relate to that in some aspect. But mm -hmm. how does that actually look in a tangible way? Like, say we recognize, oh, there's parts of me that are definitely fucked up from this previous relationship or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. How do we go about addressing those actually in a, once we become aware of that, how does that look, especially if we're in a relationship with another person at this point in time, or especially if, you know, we haven't ever learned really how to deal with that type of stuff. So what does yeah. parenting and giving that stuff care? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, well, so I love this question because it's actually, this is like the meat to like all of the fruit that's going to come from when you actually are aware of these parts of you. So it's taken me a while, but truly what happened was after my divorce, um, I went to this, I went into this like numbness, this robotic state of mind, and I didn't feel anything for like three months. And then I entered into this other relationship that ended up causing more heartache and betrayal that I had never felt before in my body. The heartbreak was devastating. I was to the point where I was on the floor and being like, thank you floor for being here for me and holding me and not being above me. Basically, I didn't want to be beneath it, but I was to that point where I was like, Whew, this is heavy. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like how, the yoga wasn't working. Meditating wasn't getting there for me. I needed something more. And this angel came into my life and basically was like breath work. Like, have you ever tried breath work? And I was like, what is that? And this is 2018, I guess when I, I was introduced to breath work or 2019. Um, and so I went and did a breathwork session and all of a sudden everything in my subconscious, it was like a snow globe. It was like, everything was shaken up and I just released everything. And so, and just to kind of give some background to the breathwork was in and out of the chest and through the mouth only for about 20 to 30 minutes. And there is like a huge, like discomfort and resistance that comes with it at the beginning. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was just a one-on-one -on -one session with this beautiful human in Boulder who led me through the whole thing. Can and you so, describe one more time what it is, just in case any of us, our listeners, AKA me want to try it sometime? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, basically what she does is it's like in and out of just the chest area, like, <sighs> So like almost shallow breaths, like not deep breaths. Exactly. Well, interesting. And it's, so there's no, there's no pause at the top of the inhale or the bottom of the exhale. It's like a constant way of breath. And, and all only sudden, through the mouth. Only through the mouth. For 20 and, to 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was doing this weekly and I was like feeling things again, but I I was almost, and at this time too, I'm like always, I was journaling because my brain was so scrambled. Like I would have like a million thoughts going on. The only way I could get it like out of my head and not to be like this giant monster in my head, I'd put it on paper 
and I would put it on paper and I'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. Like <laughs> once it's like, actually I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh, what I'm thinking is actually not yeah. terrible. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> I love uh, sometimes I'll I'll actually like think about like what's the worst case scenario because sometimes <laughs> when we actually think about worst case scenario it's like really that's it like that's not that bad actually like it's maybe not that convenient or not that comfortable the worst case scenario but in reality like yeah not that bad usually you know? <laughs> like so it sometimes right, it's helps just... to get that perception a hundred percent like there's a book that I read um uh, it's like I cannot remember his last name, but it it's really good. And he talks about how like I, all I read are self-help books. And this one was one I read like several years ago. And it was all about how feelings and taking on feelings and all of these thoughts and everything. And the reason we get so caught up in our head about that monster or that thing that's like still in there, but it's like scary. And it's because we're not, we're scared. One, we don't, we've never like met it before. We actually don't. It's the unknown of the emotion or that feeling. You right. Know? It's like, that's like, the scary part. It's not the actual yeah. thing. Right. Exactly. And so it's like, that's, and we're creating these stories with every feeling Like it could be thousands of stories. So it's like, as long as we like sit with the emotion and lean to it. So, and going back to your question with all of that is like, for me, when I was going through all this breath work, there was a point too. Like I'm like journaling, and I'm like, okay, is there gonna be a day where like I'm not gonna cry? And then like I remember like a month later, I was like, today I didn't cry. And like literally, I go back in my journal, I'm like, yes. As you're finishing the sentence, a tear like hits the paper. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, literally. I like for months I wasn't feeling anything, and I was like getting to this point where I was like, I really want to feel like I think I need to be processing things. Like my friends were telling me that I was a robot. Like I wasn't feeling, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I yeah, I really feel anything. And I'm like pretty content with that. And then I'm like, oh wait, that's actually not okay. Yeah. And then I go and do breath work and I heal and I'm starting to feel everything. And I'm like, fuck, I changed my mind. Like, I don't want to feel anymore. Yeah. Um, and it was like a pendulum swing for a while. Then I started learning through like the breath work now and through dating, I am getting like, you'll feel like this reaction in your body. And so when I was doing this breath work, it was like, okay, so what are you wanting to work through? And it would be, you know, the fear of being cheated on or that I was getting like these dreams or this feeling that someone was going to leave me. And it was this abandonment fear. And so I was like, okay, well then let's address that. And so what I would do is feel it in my body when I was feeling abandoned or betrayed by whoever had done it in the past. And then you would start to feel into the body of when it was like the first time you'd ever felt that way in your life. Like go back to when you first felt abandoned or betrayed. And so I would go back and I would think back of like, so I'm a middle child and my sister is about 14 months younger than me. And my parents love us dearly. My parents were very hard workers growing up and they were not around very much. We were always babysitters. And at the time, babysitters like didn't really do much. It was just me and my sister. And I would, I felt that I was taking care of her growing up. And then I felt that my childhood was robbed and I felt abandoned and didn't feel that I was getting the attention. Although my parents, I love them to death and would never, like, I know they were doing the best that they can, you know, at the time with mm -hmm. all that they had. And I also have an older brother too, that's four years older than me. 
So I would feel myself be abandoned by my own needs because I needed to go hang out with my friends who were my friends. And it seems silly, but it's like, at the time you're thinking like, they're not my sister's friends, but because she was my sister and she was now my responsibility, I had to include her in all of my like fun activities or adventures that I wanted to go on with my friends. So it was no, it was like mine, you know? Yeah. And I think anything we do out of, out of obligation or necessity and not out of a genuine place of want or, or love is going to potentially lead towards resentment of some, of some sorts. Right. Exactly. And so I started feeling back to that. And then, um, then it was like, okay, well, where in the body physically does it like really show up? So like, if you ever think about like, even like one example I'll give too, is like when you're driving and all of a sudden someone looks like they're about to pull out in front of you and you like have this like ting like this like sting in the body and like it pops up that's like a reaction yeah and sometimes it could be like I don't know if you've if you haven't noticed it before or ever like thought about it it like shows up in the body somewhere so like whenever it happens for me whenever it's like traffic related for some reason it'll be like in my chest and when I thought about this abandonment um ping or trigger it was showing up in my root chakra so it's like in my gut and so through the breath work we started to feel that so that part of me that seven or eight year old child is still speaking to me through my gut and is still residing there and is scared and is still speaking to the present moment as if that same thing that happened to me at seven or eight years old is happening now because it's remembering it's still there and it's alarming me and trying to protect me ultimately and uh, guard up. And so instead of listening and reacting as a seven or eight year old me that needed to speak up it's like I am now the parent I am now the grand I like to look at her as like I'm the grandmother not the mother that needs to parent and I was like kind of go into my grandmother role because your grandmother's always like kind of like you're like just their love yeah yeah spoil (laughs) make life a little bit sweeter exactly (laughs) (laughs) and like so I want to do that for her and so like I'll go into this like role and I'm like I see you, I hear you, and I love you for protecting me and trying to, yeah, just love me and like, give me that warning. Like, Hey, we've been here before. Like, don't forget, you know? And so instead I turn to her and I'm like, you're robbing me of my present moment. You're, you know, not a lot. So like, I need to turn to you and to see you and to hear you and let you know that that everything is okay. And what has happened in my past is not happening in my present moment. And so it's just acknowledging and giving compassion to the parts inside of us that are still residing um, mm-hmm. through traumatic experiences that we don't even know about that are happening in the very present moment. So it definitely takes a level of awareness too. Yeah. And are, are those once we recognize and become aware and start maybe speaking with compassion or seeing where it shows up with the body and stuff. Is this the type of thing that it's pretty much going to be there forever and we're learning just how to deal with it? Or is this something that actually 
we can change within ourselves where that seven-year-old Macy is actually gonna like dissolve in the anxiety sense, you know, like kind of give up on that hold of that belief system. Yeah. I love that question because I thought when I started breath work after my divorce that I had, I like worked through everything. I was like, I was ready to date again. Like I was ready to trust again. Like I felt like this butterfly that was floating. Oh, the moment we're ready. (laughs) Usually the moment when we get smacked the hardest. (laughs) Yeah, I was so ready again. Like the universe is like, you ain't ready. Like keep learning. You're never ready. Just keep learning. Keep, keep going. Like, (laughs) well, it was interesting. And so what, how it works says, and like how, like, it makes so much sense too, with like the manifestation work that I'm doing and like how everything works is working for you and the universe is working through you with all of this stuff is so after I got through all of that you know and I was ready I was like okay I'm gonna call in a partner so I write down my list of everyone in my partner like my partnership list that were my non-negotiables and I'm like this is the partner that I'm calling in And I would start dating somebody and they were everything on the list except for like one thing. And I would be like, okay, it's fine. It's just one thing. Um, They're not not six, four in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We can live with this. We can maybe live with this. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. He's, you know, only six foot two, but yeah, he's in the G league. He's not quite in the NBA, but he's professional. So exactly. So it's fine. (laughs) And um, so what you call those and manifestation is a test. So it's, are you willing to settle and not necessarily like the height thing is actually, so what you want to do is like, whenever you're writing down your list, if you're writing down materialistic things, like something that's more of like a physical appearance, it's actually representing something that's a little bit more rooted. And like, so someone it's like an external validation that you would like to have if you're dating someone that's six, four, so that you could show them off to your friends or you kind of like have to boil down why I was just about to say, getting in touch with that. Why it's like, okay. So like more of like the internals or like the values, the important parts of that non-negotiable. Okay. Um, dig into. Okay. And, um, but it could be like, you know, you, as you go, that you could be, they are on everything on your list. And then something happens in that relationship. That's like, Oh, they're not emotionally available. I forgot to write that down on my list, damn it. But you learned like, okay, there, there's an orange flag there or a red flag there. Like, okay, you're showing it now. Like now I got to make sure they show you like through the universe is working through every single one of us yeah. to show us what we want and what we don't want too. So like through that partnership, you've now learned regardless of how your heart feels now, it might be hurt because they seemed like they were everything on that list. But then all of a sudden this ex-girlfriend started coming in and showing up. And now you're no longer the priority that abandonment, um, a part of me would come out and be like, fuck, I'm no longer that person's priority. And it's through their emotional unavailability through that triangular situation that they've called in through that ex-girlfriend that now I'm a part of. And it started pulling up pieces of me again that were not necessarily completely healed, but it also showed me through that, that now I want someone who is fully available, like in every area. So it's so now almost- I can go 
so it's almost like having this if we, if we if anyone out there wants to write like a list of their dream partner characteristics it's not it's it's not so much getting a solidified list of this is a dream person it's almost having this never ended open notebook of a list that can change throughout time and that can kind yeah. of you know like differ throughout our journey so we don't have to be so stuck in well, I've always known that this is the person for me. Cause it's like, well, maybe that's just what you thought like back when you wrote that list. But like now, as you said, something could have come up that actually shows you a different side of, of things. So I think just that openness to flow with it is probably a pretty important aspect of it all. Totally. Yeah. And it's also like what I've learned recently too, um, or I guess over like the last year or so is through that list, um, I, it finally took me because I guess it was like three years of dating and calling in each person that I would call in would be like another lesson or another like opportunity for me to show the universe that I'm not willing to settle because it was a test after a test that kept orbiting. And then I would get this person that would come in and then all of a sudden, like he would end up being some part that I would not actually want or it was a part of yeah and then I would have to go in and be like are you going to settle or are you going to trust that there is that person that you are calling in that literally will check off every one of your list and continue away with love and respect to that yeah and to me it seems like the the more value of this list comes within the learning about ourselves because I think it can be easy to get caught up in oh well this is my list so I should maybe try to change this person to match my list a little bit more or maybe I should try to maneuver a situation where I can get what I want on my list or or make this situation look like a dream situation that I've envisioned where it seems to me that through this list, it's actually not putting pressure on someone else to be a certain way. It's more of just figuring out for us personally, what is an alignment? What is triggering maybe say abandonment or loneliness or not being seen or not being heard or whatever it may be? What is it that's triggering this? And that's how we can adjust the list, not point a finger of blame and say, you're not my list so you suck like (laughs) exactly yeah well and on the flip side of it is so this was happening for like several years and I was like what is this sequence like what like what is going on and this like huge like freaking download came through and it was like I was still working at my corporate job it was not fulfilling I was not living the life that I wanted to live I was in a toxic relationship with a guy who was treating me like I wouldn't even treat myself. And then I was like doing what I loved part time. It's like I was doing things that I that weren't in alignment with what I knew I wanted and wanted to manifest. So I started to look at my list and I'm like, if I'm calling in a person that's doing all of this on this list, am I embodying everything that's also on that list? And so like on that list is, you know, someone who is fully living out their authentic life. And I'm like, I'm not even fully living out my authentic (laughs) life. So how am I going to call on a partner who is fully living their authentic life? If I'm not doing it, I'm not going to have it too. So it always comes back to you. For sure. And I love, I love that you say that because oftentimes I'll think about like, I like thinking about who is it that 
is our dream person? Like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Let's just become that ourselves. It's like, to me, I always envision like, oh, I would, whenever I'm, I'm in my next relationship in life, it's going to be with a girl who like, blah, blah, blah. I have maybe my own type of like things on my list. And one of them is, is health and physical fitness. Like I really see myself with a girl who takes her health and physical fitness seriously. So then when I have these days where I don't feel like going to the gym or I'm like, I'm like, well, fuck, I'd be bummed if like I was dating me and I was like, man, too lazy to go to the gym today. I'm like, that wouldn't be an inspiring girlfriend move. Like I want to be the dude that is, that is like mirroring that. Cause I, I think I'm at a point where I realize it's not going to happen until I embody until I walk the walk, you know, it's like, yeah. And that's where it's, I'm so glad you say that. Cause I often think about that. I'm <laughs> like, if you were dating you, like, would you be stoked on this? Like, I'm like, yeah. no, if I was dating Kevin in this moment, like I'd be like, Kevin, let's go to the gym together. Like, let's fucking get in a <laughs> sick workout. Like, you know, yeah. you kind of become your own girlfriend or your own boyfriend. Yeah. You got to <laughs> do that work first. Yeah. And then it literally, like, it was like a light switch went off. I was like, all right, here I go. And I, I just felt like it was like, I was like in this like pressure of like life was like literally coming down on me. Like all of a sudden I went into a huge bubble. It was the same year COVID hit or no, sorry. It was like the year after COVID hit. I just was like, I can't, I cannot show up like this anymore. I cannot do this job. I cannot be in this relationship. And like all in one day I was like, all right, here we go. I quit my, I put my notice in. I, I like completely like was like, I'm done with this relationship. Like, and I was in the relationship. I think at the time I see, I look back and I'm like, oh, he lived here. So he got me to come out to Aspen quite a bit. And I fell in love with this area so much. So I do see the, the value in the relationship at that time. And he definitely pulled out a lot of stuff that was still inside of me um, that I needed to work through. So I did Mm -hmm. a lot of work that and the same day I was like okay and if all of this is meant to work out I am going I had three handstand workshops lined up um for like the following like month and I told the universe I was like okay I am willing to quit my my job and quit this relationship that is not in alignment with me and jump off this cliff and in order for me to feel that like we're working with this and we're doing this together I want to see every one of my handstand workshops sell out. Like I want them to be completely filled by next week. And so I put my notice in, I let the guy know, like, this is not an alignment and something else happened. I think I put my, I was like, oh, I found the apartment in Aspen. I was like ready to move to the mountains. Like I was like, I want to live in the mountains. I've been wanting to live in the mountains for three years. Yeah. And I found the apartment all in the same day. And by the end of the day, all of my handstand workshops, I got a notice through every single gym. They were all sold out. So the universe was like, <laughs> well, that okay, was fast. Let's go. <laughs> was like, all right, cool. Like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's next? <laughs> like- exactly. And it was like, so what happens is like, we are constantly like what we want, what we desire already exist. Like we are just in this 3d dimension waiting to align and get the more we come back to our authentic code 
we can find the things that light us up, they're already existing. Everything's already existing. The only time we, we are just in this experience and only know time for what it is and this human experience. But what we desire, you've heard this before, desires you too. And what that means is the more we stop with like taking up space with the things that aren't in alignment. So I cleared space with quitting that job. I cleared space for someone else to come in because I'd no longer allowed that person to take up space in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I opened up space for me to be living in the mountains and to actually fulfill this dream of mine to be a full-time yoga teacher, an ecstatic dance facilitator, breathwork coach. And so I just completely cleared my like realm to align mm-hmm. things that I knew lit me up. And then immediately the universe was like, yeah, we've been waiting on you. We've been here. Like <laughs> finally. <fine>. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you, Macy. We've been waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In order to co-create and to know that those are the things that are your authentic code, though, you have to look at those shadows and look at that stuff that's still stored in the body that is blocking you. So it's like everything yeah. talked about to all of this, this is the fruit is like once you, when you get tested by the universe with things that are like those shiny, like uh, Lacey calls them like the shiny carrot, like the thing that's everything on the list, but like one thing mm-hmm. you become aware, okay, this is everything on the list, but accept that and you're not going to settle it. And then all of a sudden you pass the test. And then the next thing that comes up, once you're aligning with your worth, then your manifestation comes through and it'll be everything on your list. And sometimes even more because you showed the universe and yourself that you're not willing to settle for anything. That's not everything that you want and that you desire. Yeah. And I, I love so much how you touched upon the creating space. Cause I think that's such a big aspect of it. It's not just calling things in. It's actually changing things around to create space for these things to come in. Um, And I like to picture this as like, a living room. My friend Lucas and I the other day were having this conversation actually. And it's like, if you have a living room, like your house and say that living room is a representation of you, of the spirit of Macy, of, you know, the spirit of Kebby or whoever it is like, that is our space. And we only have a certain amount of space in this human dimension that we get to work with at all times and whatnot. So it's like one, you would never rearrange the furniture with the lights off. You got to turn the lights on. You got to at least shine a light of awareness on what is there to begin with to start rearranging furniture. And then once you get to a point of rearranging furniture, you're not just going to buy three new dope couches once you reach like a point in life and add them to the living room that you've been living in since you were six that's filled with children's toys and like stuff like that. Like you wouldn't just throw in a few couches because that all of a sudden it creates this juxtaposition of like, wait, what is this place? Like, is it nice? Is it updated? Is it old? Is it like a memory? Like, what is this? So it's actually a matter of getting a whole. And I I just realized now that as a designer, I'm sure that you can kind of see what I'm talking about here. It's like in the design realm, like you get to design your space. So it's like, if it is a whole new space we're talking about, like, which we see these shows where they make up, make over a home or do a thing like, they're not just changing the color of a wall. Like they're fucking redoing this place out. They're changing the floors. They're updating the couches, the furniture, like they're updating everything so that it cohesively goes together in this new life, in this new lifestyle. So it's like, 
I think as we move in a direction of updating one thing and updating another thing, whether that's a belief system or a relationship trait or an expectation or whatever it may be, yeah. it's essential to remember the connectivity of it all to everything else happening in life. And it's like, we can't just keep overloading our plate with new info and new things to be manifesting. It's about really looking at what's there and deciding what's important, what's adding value to my living space, to my living room, and what's not, what's, what goes with the decor I'm, I'm, I'm aligning with right now. Like I know I'm in this light and bright yeah bohemian vibe it's like cool like let's let's make sure the whole room's in in that you know in that alignment yeah I I love that analogy so much because <laughs> it like so there's someone somewhere said that like basically your space like what you live in is also a reflection to how your life is and I remember the shaman telling me um Max and I did ayahuasca in November in Costa Rica and basically he was like, some guy was like, like, how can I become a better person or how can I, you know, create a better life or yeah, whatever, like just to up level my life. And he goes, organize your life, have a better life. And it makes so much sense when you think about the house analogy as well as like when your internal mind is shifted when you're like getting into the foundation, into the roots, and you're like clearing the shadows, the blocks, and you're like getting more in alignment with your authentic self, because when you were born, you were born authentically you, your soul was born into this world, your authentic you is your soul, that is your foundation, the more we can get in there and clear it and organize it, then you can start to create this beautiful, spacious, like luxury room that's surrounding you internally. Yeah. Your space is going to start looking like it as well. And then yeah. everything else externally is going to start looking like it as well. So it's like, oh, so good. So juicy. <laughs> yeah. And as you said that, I just thought about too, in another analogy sense, it's almost just like clearing the debris so you can get to the soil to plant the seed in. Like you can't just plant a seed in a pile of leaves like you can't yeah. even if they're natural like leaves have fallen they're natural there's nothing wrong with leaves but you can't right. plant a seed on leaves like you got to really. get to the roots so it's like no matter what we're dealing with it's not necessarily a bad thing it just is what it is um yeah. whatever that trauma may look like and uncomfortability doesn't mean bad like it again it just is what it is so right. it's like clearing that out to just plant an actual seed in a place where it can grow because we can be planting seeds all day, but if we're not planting them and tilling the soil, it's like nothing's yeah. going to happen. And on that note too, is getting to that seed sometimes is almost like we call it a manifestation work is your magic dark or like your rock bottom. And it's so like for me after my divorce and getting through like, my divorce happened the same year COVID hit the same year COVID hit my boss at the time who was also married, um, expressed his love for me and left his wife came after me. We fell madly in love and then left me to go back to his wife. And it was at the same time I'm working in a designer studio. Everyone on my team got furloughed. I'm working all by myself in this space with my boss who continuously would come over to my desk, trap me. I was in like a complete rock bottom. Like I was like, 
it cannot get any worse <laughs> than this right now. My coworkers are all on unemployment and they're like traveling and like getting away with all these things. And I'm oh like going through this divorce and like all these things. I am like at rock bottom. I was like numb. I like had no idea what else to do, but it took anytime someone comes to me now and they tell me that they're like at this very low point in their life and they have no idea what they want to do. I am like, or if they're about to go through a breakup, they're like not having a good break, like good relationship at the moment, or they're about to quit their job. You are about to up level your life in a way that you don't even know exist yet. Like what the, what is on the other side of that is the unknown, because when you're creating relationship or doing all these things in this career, it's this loop, this pattern that's created this comfortability in your life. And the moment that we kind of get down and get stripped away from all of those loopings and all of those comfortable um, patterns that we've been creating in our life, we now start to go to that rock bottom, get down into the thing. And it's like that snow globe, like going to breath work. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, everything's an option. Like now everything's opening up and it's getting obliterated. Like all, every, every little looping in your brain is now being broken up. And then on the other side of that is now what you get to create. It's a, it's like a clean slate. Now you get to decide what is now going to take up space in your life, what relationship you get to decide on with all of the lessons that you just learned through all of the other relationships or career paths that you just went mm -hmm. down. And you no longer have to think about what if I did this or what I went down this path, because you already did it in those areas. And now, you know, this is what I want or what I don't want. And now you get yeah. to create the life that you live. It's yeah. such a great place to be, even though it's very, it's right. like a magic dark. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the best way to put it. It's just a point of opportunity, but some, most points of opportunity are pretty dark. Honestly, I feel like in life, as we know, totally. a lot of the toughest times is where we learn the most and we would never wish tough times on anyone, but there's a tremendous value to tough times. Um, yeah. And I think, so getting back to kind of, to just tie in everything of where we're at now and the manifestation journey that you've been on. So now you find yourself in a relationship with Max. So Max, yeah. we've mentioned him a couple of times in this conversation. He's a very good friend of mine. I've been close with Max for years and years. I've traveled with him and we really have experienced the, the ends of the spectrum together. Um, a lot of our group of friends were we liked to experience life and, and feel, uh, get out of the box in whatever way we could. And that a lot of the times was in some pretty unhealthy manners. I'm um, just in partying and stuff like that. Um, but we've been on a journey together and I know Max too is a very powerful human, um, a very powerful human who has lots of love to get, give and serve the world and everything. Um, yeah. so how was the manifestation journey for you leading into this current relationship you're in? And what does that look like now that you're in a relationship? What does manifestation look like once you found a partner that you do, do feel fills your living room with some of the right vibes and, you know, adds, adds an essence of love into your life? Um, yeah. What does that man manifestation process turn into once you find, say, that someone that you are walking this path with? whether that's forever or just temporarily. Yeah. So prior to meeting Max um, was when I finally had that download about if I am calling in a person and they're everything on this list, that's my non-negotiable. 
I have to be everything on that list as well, or be working towards being everything on that list, or those are my values. And I want to embody those. And I realized because of how harsh my dating experience was years prior to that download, I wasn't calling in that person that was aligned with me. And I, that's what brought that like realization. So I moved to the mountains. I quit my corporate job. I jumped off those cliffs. I like literally was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Aspen. I'm going to like go full time into yoga and start an ecstatic dance in Aspen and just up level my life and really embody all of the things that I want to create with a partner as well. And so I cleared space for all of that. And at the time after like, I started to fall more deeply in love with myself as I was working towards this realization, it was like, I also did not have a desire to really call in a partner at the time. I started to become that partner and it was like, wow, this actually feels so good. Like I would go down to the river and like, like journal and dance and like hang out with myself and meditate every day in the summer times in Aspen, I had no idea are almost more enjoyable than the winters. And would, I'm like, I would say more. <laughs> I would say yeah, like, I was more. like, <laughs> <laughs> full of color everywhere. I was like living the life that I yeah. craved and desired finally. And I was falling so madly in love with myself that anytime it was like, almost like I was kind of like untouchable. Like I remember like I would see like these typical, like I would just be like out going to grab coffee or like at the library or whatever I would be doing. And I would see, like, I would have this conversation or like, I'd be out with friends or like at a park or something. And it would be like this guy, I could just read the energies so clearly. I was just so tapped into my intuition. Everything was opened up. It was so clear. And then typical guys that would hit on me at the time, that would be like everything on the list. But one thing I could just see it immediately. And it was almost like my energy was just so like light and like, untouchable it wasn't even like in there it wasn't even on their radar yeah it was like you're just, just playing a whole different game like they were playing I was just a different, in a game. Whole different yeah. game and different it was sport. like yeah it was so amazing and like it just the feeling of just feeling so in uh, just aligned with it all and so I did I felt magnetic like anything I wanted I felt started to come in I found the place I so my biggest manifestation, um, you would call this um, like a major manifestation. So you have like your minis and you like your micros and your and, macros. And real quick, I know we've at this point, it's probably a little late to be asking this question, but real quick, can you just very basic define manifestation? What is, what is that, that we've been talking about? Like when we, when we're referring to you manifesting things, can, can you yeah. very briefly just give a, a brief kind of generic term of what that really means? Yeah. So I would say my description or yeah, way of describing manifestation is my soul is desiring something that resonates with it. And in order to have it, you start to align your frequency, align your worth and start to pull it and magnetize that 
want that desire, that uniqueness that is inside of you that probably no one else has, or not probably doesn't have. It's truly your authenticity that is aligning with the material world around you. Okay. And thank you for that. Because I think oftentimes manifestation can get confused with just wanting, like I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I'm going to manifest a new car. I'm going to manifest a new, like whatever it may be. Um, but yeah. it seems that in the way that you describe it, it's more of actually getting in a line with what our souls desire, not what our, say our ego or our brain wants. Correct. And that's the confusion with the law of attraction. Um, your thoughts do not manifest the life that you want. So you don't have to be afraid of negative thoughts. Your positive thoughts aren't going to call in what you want in your life. It's, it's all coming from the subconscious. So the imprintations that you get from zero to seven years old, the things that are lying deep into your subconscious that we want to reprogram now, if they're being imprinted and blocking you from the things that you desire in the present moment. So it's all coming from your subconscious. And this is like backed by science. So like you can throw away your vision boards, you can throw away the law of attraction, like that those are things that are helpful and they're gateways to what we're speaking of. But neuroplasticity is the way to align your self-worth, your subconscious, your soul with what you actually desire, which is the root of why you desire money. So like money, this thing is like a facade, like you're, you're, when people want to manifest the tall six, four guy, there's actually something more deep inside of you from your subconscious. Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe they want to manifest protection or like security or like something that comes with that sort of person they envision. Exactly. So like, I remember my first list that I made like six years, seven years ago, I put tall, dark, and handsome. And I was like, and then, and then literally as I'm writing out my list, I look down the workshop and she's like, now look at all the physical things that you're um, seeking and let's tap into why it's the physical things that you're seeking, because that is actually showing you a deeper meaning. So like, for me, I realized I wanted tall, dark, handsome thinking tall, because I I'm short or like I'm five, two, five, three. And I want someone to almost be there to take up more space for me. And so, because I, I was seeking validation for my height and then to get a better view from the back row at a concert. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Yeah. That's actually, (laughs) at least one of us can see the show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then like, um, like dark hair, like dark features was depth. So like okay. for me, that appearance was depth in the body. So I just wanted to have that deeper connection with someone. So those are examples to show like more of like a, like I would almost, yeah, I guess like more of the human experience, the more facade, the more conscious, your like beta thought process versus like your theta, like your deep subconscious uh-huh. ones which are those things being that you want that depth or you want that humor um, in someone or whatever it may be. Yeah. So like some people put, they like redheads, right? Red curly hair, like the people that desire that or are attracted to that correlates subconsciously in the collective humor. I don't know if you know that, but with redheads, I didn't know that. they correlate that being humor. So people want someone that's funny. 
Like I realized that because I was like really? into it. Yeah, several years ago, my friend who was very attracted to redheads, I was like, wonder why? And I just started like looking into it more. And it's because the correlation is with humor. So interesting like little things that we are attracted to from our souls, like deep, deep down inside of us um, to, yeah, get to that point. And then, yeah, once we clear up all of these like shadows and these blocks and things that are coming from our imprintations of parents, religions, things that, because when we're children and people are making decisions for us from zero to seven years old. Um, even up to 13 to 14 years old and you're no longer really, you're now all of that instead of your authentic soul anymore. And so like all of this, most of us didn't get to make decisions for ourselves. And so we're therefore trying to reprogram that area, that subconscious, those belief systems, that looping as a child to create the life that is more of us when we are first born, our soul, our authentic selves. Because baby, we're all baby Macy, baby yeah. Kebby and baby Macy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm a baby when I'm with you. I feel like my truest form, my, my most authentic self okay. when I'm speaking with you. <laughs> There's a couple of babies. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what time? We're like, we're like crushing this right now. I'm like, is it like, three hours in or something now <laughs> no 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 we're good if it was three hours in we i know i definitely have already like three spliffs being smoked and we're, <laughs> we're doing totally good we're doing totally okay, good <laughs> i want to so what i want to do is is really tie it back into your journey um so i and i'm i was the one who took you off of all of that to be good with i'm sorry i think it's important it's great yeah because i just think it, this idea of manifestation it can be it looks so different for different types of people and what they've read about it. And there is a lot of talk around this world in the modern or this word in the modern world. I feel like the law of attraction, manifestation, a lot of these positive thinking kind of books are pointing towards these things. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. it's good to just kind of get a foundation of where you're coming from when you speak about manifestation. Um, yeah, so leading into Max, you you were in Aspen and you've been on this journey of figuring out not just what you do want, but also what you don't want in a partner um, right. and how that looks showing up in the relationship for you. Um, so yeah. how did that lead to finding a partner in Max? Um, mm -hmm. And what was it about meeting him? And what was different about that feeling um, that has led to a grounded, I know you guys have been together for, I don't know the exact amount of time now, but more than a casual okay. dating, dating scenario. You know what I mean? So I think we're at nine months now, almost another year. Yeah. My yeah. Relationship since my divorce. Woo! Wow. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I love it. Obviously I just yeah. love you too so much. So it's, it's very just exciting for me to see two such beautiful people sharing a life together and whatever that oh, looks like. No, it's been amazing, truly. And, um, deserved, like, I feel like for both of us. And that's another part of the whole manifestation realm too, is, not like entitlement, but deservingness, um, with our self-worth, but yeah. So along that path, I jumped off those cliffs. I cleared up space. I was doing the work. Like I was clearing 
the shadows, the blocks that I knew that were coming up, they were patterns from my past. And I felt very much content and like wildly in love with myself at the time. And I started to um, just manifest these gigs. Like I was just getting into this, like this yoga studio in Aspen that like I was like dreaming of before I got here that I wanted to start working with, took me in with like arms wide open and like gave me these classes throughout the week. And then I started manifesting in these beautiful humans and souls. Like that was the other thing is like, I wanted to magnetize friends that were also in alignment. And then my friends from Denver that weren't in alignment, I could feel that from like just inside my body that all of a sudden I started to clear space and cordially split with some of the friends in Denver that like I started to crave to be around people that were going to expand me. So that's another part is what we need to see to believe the things that we want. And like what I desire in my life is to help other humans up level by seeing my path and to see my journey so they can continue their journey and up level. And then we can all continue to raise this vibration into a higher collective and hold each other's hands and arm up and like freaking rock the world. And, uh, higher like more vibrant life yeah um because what i mean there's no greater thing than the human experience like i you know i said earlier like i didn't want to feel anything anymore it's like no like i have been like to the point where i've been in so much pain like or like just working through things and i'm like almost like kind of laughing or like smiling through it because it's like oh my God, like when we're not, when we're no longer here, like we're not going to have this experience, you know, like the, you know, once we're out of this dimension, like this is the human experience. We get to feel all these emotions and these senses, like this is it. Mm -hmm. So it's like embracing that regardless of how it feels. Yeah. So I, here I am on a tangent again, but basically wanted to start aligning and I was like finding the friends and I was finding these epic humans. And I went to my first, like, I didn't even know about music festivals really, or like, I didn't feel like it, like it called me because I come from this huge partying past that I was like, not ever going out or drinking or really doing any mm. of that stuff and just solely self-help stuff, working on design, working on becoming a better yogi so I could teach better yoga classes to help other people become yogis because mm -hmm. of how much it changed my life and so I go to this music festival and gross it's like gross stock music festival and it's like apparently the first one they ever do and I don't have anything to compare it to so I'm like this is awesome <laughs> they've got ecstatic dance like there's just live music and then there's music all night long and like it's this three-day event um I meet these amazing people while I'm there and I find out later that like, it's actually like, it was like not the greatest festival. There was like not a lot of people there and like, it was kind of a shit show, but I was like, this is great. Well, that just know. goes to show you that your experience of something in, in life is your experience. Like, and I think it's yeah. tough because we live in such a relative world, but if we can literally just see an experience for an experience with no comparison to anything, then yeah. that's seeing the beauty of it. Like every time yeah. we compare something to something else, it gets tainted in some type of way. It's really? like asking someone I'm like, good. which country is better? Or like, which is like the best country <laughs> you've ever visited? It's like the best country I've ever visited. Like, what does that mean? Like right? every country has something to offer. Every culture has something unique and different. And yeah. it's just like- <laughs> Totally agree. That goes back to your like detachment and like getting detached from that 
that and the expectations that we have when it comes to the music festival. Like now that I know there's all these people that go to music festivals by growing up in music festivals and it's like a thing I'm like oh I didn't realize that there was something to compare it to or like I didn't know any better or whatever yeah but and like I teach on this as well as in my yoga classes I'm like show up today in your yoga class as if it's the first time you've ever done yoga because it is basically the only time that exists is right now like your past doesn't exist anymore the Mm. only thing that exists is right now so might as well detach from all of it but we can yeah yeah that could be a whole nother episode is it could be a whole nother episode exactly maybe we you can just lead us on a yoga class during an episode yeah that would Definitely. be cool. I'm, I'm not going to be in the bottom screen doing the yoga with you, but you oh, come just, on. <laughs> that'll be for you to take over that. <laughs> well, uh, going back. So uh, yeah, I was, I was just like doing it and I felt in this, like this serendipitous. So, okay. I'll even, I need, need to back up just a little bit before I even moved to Aspen. Well, it was like, I moved to Aspen. I literally packed up my entire apartment into my forerunner. I did two trips to Aspen in one day. And then, if you know, to the listeners, that's a three and a half hour drive to Aspen and then three and a half hour drive back to Denver. And I did that twice just because I did not want to get a moving, like I didn't want to truck and I didn't want to have to drive that on 70 and to get here through the mountains. And so I did that in two days. You're crazy. I, I dread that drive. <laughs> <laughs> so the same, so this, yeah, oh, that was the other thing. So the same day that I was like jumping off all those cliffs when I quit my job, the relationship and calling in all these things, I booked a retreat, um, a Deepak Chopra retreat, and it was a meditation immersion in Maui. And it was, um, you know, a substantial cost, but I was like, in my worth. And I was like, there is a reason I need to do this. So that same day, I just did it. I was like, money comes and goes like, I'm going to be totally good. Like, I know that the universe is going to work with me on this. So a little bit of backstory with manifesting too, is like love and money go hand in hand. So like the more you find worth in yourself, the more that that love is going to kind of align as well as money too. Money is still like one of those things that like, I have some deep work around because I grew up like pretty poor, like Mm -hmm. from the age of zero to seven, like I was in a double wide trailer. I saw my parents, my mom working two jobs and full-time in college. And my dad was working full-time for like some beer company, 12 hours a day. And like, I saw them work very hard. And then finally now, like I've seen them kind of grow as humans and they're like crushing it, like with their own businesses and like, wow their own house and like I saw them struggle and like they literally filed bankruptcy when I was like 12 years old on the house and like I did not have a luxury lifestyle I did not I was like if I wanted something I had to work to get it like they were like go find a job like if you want to get this like I had to start working when I was like 15 years old so I have a lot of like imprintation around money that is not Mm. in like worthiness or deservingness so that is one area that I'm like still getting into today I'm I'm excited for you to listen to money Mondays with Lucas I know Lucas is is just the (laughs) he's like a therapist and also just a good teacher he's like a combo of that in the money world and he's someone that I I have really opened up to about my money relationship stuff um yeah 
just in a generic sense, not that it's similar to yours or deep rooted in any, any means that are necessarily similar to yours, but I think everyone, and again, can relate to that journey of money. So yeah, I'm still, like- just to hear you say this, it, it gives me almost an affirmation and like, cool, like what we're talking about today, what Lucas and I are talking about on Mondays, like it's always yeah. nice to get these positive affirmations from the universe that we are in the right path. And I feel like when you're talking about manifestation, it's almost like these positive affirmations that we are on the right path are the manifestations. It's not like we're bringing in a want that lives off in this distant land. It's like, we're actually just on a path and how I like, you know, like manifesting the right guests onto my podcast. It's like, that's not out of a want thing. Like it's just in this moment, I'm realizing like, oh, well, Macy was like clearly meant to be here today based on everything (laughs) we've just talked about. And like, that's the manifestation proof is these little like signs of alignment, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It is a hundred percent that. And like, sometimes it can feel distant, but when it's feeling like something that is like super distant, it may not be in alignment or you're just not in your worth quite yet. Okay. But with these things, like, no, it's like one of those things is like you follow those pings. So that's what we call them as like a terminology for like your body. So like triggers, I like to describe as something that is like, if it sends you out of the present moment and it's like a reaction in the body, it's a trigger. And that is coming from the past. It's like your past parts that are showing up. Um, It's like, for instance, right now, me dating after divorce and literally having dated multiple narcissists after my divorce and being to the point where I thought I was going crazy. Um, to be completely honest, like I was like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, let's go girl, we're going to go check you into the psych ward. Like there is something so off right now. Like I was literally living this one life with this dude. And then he was like creating like a whole other, like something would happen. And I would be like, I didn't really like align with what was going on. And he'd be like, that didn't happen. And I was like, ha like I don't know what's happening right now so I like went down this whole thing and I finally was like okay like I like went through this whole traumatic experience with all of these people that I was dating and I was like okay so now I need to like um figure it out and start to align more and work through all of this so I started dating Max and now Max and I are dating after all of these experiences and these things are coming up while I'm dating him and like these triggers or these like pings. And all of a sudden he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm good. Like this relationship is going great. I don't really know what you're like. I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for you. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Like there's some stuff that I need to dig into. And so I like started to like get into those areas a little bit more to unblock them and get back into that area that was still residing in my body. But another tangent of manifestation, because it's so fun. Yeah. And I think another thing to maybe note is that once we, because I am a, I am a firm believer in that we have multiple soulmates in this lifetime. Some are there for maybe physical romance reasons and spiritual romance reasons, whatever it may be. Some are there for friendships. Some are there for mentors. Some are there as parents. Like we have soulmates, so many in our journey. And I think that sometimes we get attached to this whole, like, if they're my soulmate, I need to be with them physically forever. Where it's like, 
it's kind of letting go, I think, of any type of timeline expectation, any of the labels that go with dating and you're my girlfriend and you're my this. Like anytime we put my in front of anything, it becomes a possessive thing. And I think the language we're using is really, really key in maintaining a healthy relationship to anything in life is how we're speaking about it. And I'm at a point where it's like, I've been, we'll say single for a long time now. I don't feel like I'm alone or single by any means. I'm like in a relationship with the whole world. I'm like in a relationship with myself, with God, with spirit, with every moment, with basketball, with nature, like everything. Like that is the relationship for me. But I think I'm at a point where it's like, there's part of me that I don't ever want to call another human mine again, where it's like, I think about a dream partner in my life, but at this point in my journey, like, I don't want to, to call someone even my girlfriend because they're not mine. Like, that's not for me to be calling mine, but I get that it's not easy to do because we have a foundation of language that just makes sense. Like when a mom says, these are my kids, it's like, in some aspect, it's like, well, they're, they're God's kids and they came through you. Like you were the vessel to, you know, bring these children of God into the world of spirit into the world. But in a, in a very simplistic linguistic type of way, how else would you say these are like in a casual (laughs) way? Like, oh, these are God's kids that came through me. I would like you to be, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I think it's this balance of like being aware, at least of the words we're using that They might be pointing towards some unhealthy things if we're not aware of it, like calling someone my girlfriend or my relationship or my soulmate. It's like, no, they are a soulmate. They are a girlfriend and they are a, you know, like they are all of these things, but they're also their own, their own spirit, their own journey, their, their own everything, you know? And it's all energy too. And I think like it's depending on your intention behind behind it as well because some people come off as if it is possessive and then there's like a way of just kind of summing it up and getting right to the point and speaking mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. to what you're saying as well yeah and I think even once we call in that say perfect partner um no relationship will be perfect <laughs> it's like totally. you know and I think <laughs> maybe you could like you're in a relationship as of 10 months now and as I mentioned yeah. before, I love you to the ends of this earth. I love Max to the ends of this earth. I couldn't think more highly of each of you as individuals. Yet yeah. there's part of me that has a feeling your relationship isn't a hundred percent perfect to every minute of every single day. Like that's just, I've never seen that in anyone. Um, no. And that's and where I think either. Yeah. So how has that in, in now that you have after your whole journey of maybe more, like you said, this is the longest relationship you've been in since going through a divorce, um, yeah. since your marriage. So tying everything up in the, in terms of manifesting and, and that type of stuff, what would you yeah. say are some of the most like key practices that someone could do right now to start manifesting not just the partner that that is good for them at this point in life. And again, I stress, no one needs to be a forever thing. When we're talking about our dream partner, it's not like the dream is forever. It's like, it's the dream of this moment, you know? So what are some maybe very simple, tangible steps for anyone listening who wants to start manifesting more in their life in an authentic way um, yeah. to do that? Whether that's in a partner realm, whether that's in career, whether that's in friendship, anything well 
I would touch on too. So like going back to that dream partner is, yeah, they're not like your dream partner, but they are more in alignment with what you're wanting um, so that you can grow and up level in your life. So it's healthy until the point where it gets to you, you're no longer growing together. And then you've completed your, like, I wouldn't even cycle. call it a contract, your cycle. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, we've now up leveled to this point and now I love you and I'm ready to see you grow even more in your life and as well as myself. So let's do that. And we're no longer, you know, joining forces and I respect you and I love you and I wish you well. It's like kind when of- LeBron James left Cleveland. Yeah. you know it's like I love you no regrets I just need to keep up leveling like we can't be together or else it's going to bring me down and by bringing me down it will also bring you down yeah and it's operating from a way of unconditional love so if you think about being in partnership with someone and you want to possess them and then getting to the root of what that means like when you want to be with someone and you're craving that partnership that is for life is like getting to the root of what that why so why typically if you get to the root of that is there is a fear it's coming from a fear-based energy so like you're fearful that they're no longer going to want you or abandon you or that they're not going to be in your life anymore okay so why do you fear that and it's coming from again from a place where you've lived in your life that someone's done that to you so it's like coming from that inner child wound or somewhere that's happened in your life it doesn't have to be a child Mm -hmm. for me i have parts of me that still speak to me from two years ago that are trying to show up in my present moment so Mm -hmm. we need so i recently with max and i's there was this pressure of like us wanting to get married or like we have this like soul like connection and then all of a sudden it felt like there was like this contract or something and I like my inner wounding started to come up and it was like fear of like losing this person or something bad happening like being cheated on or betrayed it was like whoa like it started to get heavy and heavy and I was like okay I just need to like take some space from this and like clear up what's going on And there was that fear that was still residing in my body. And I needed to completely lean into that because it was this unknown that was, that was residing in my head and creating a story. And so instead of continuously resisting what was happening and what was coming through, I needed to live it. So sitting with it, with that space for two or three days and living with this story, creating it all the way through and knowing that I love this man unconditionally, whether he's in my life or not. And there and there will be maybe a time like all relationships end, whether it's in death or by any other experience in this one. So like being alive. However, it needed to it needed to be completely expressed emotionally out of my body. And that there was no longer this like fear that was running the present show. I needed to get that out and unblock that so that I could be in the relationship for exactly where it was in the present moment with unconditional love so that it was no longer eating and reacting to any actions that were showing up between him and I. And how do you, how do you explain that to a partner? So like, say, say someone is going through this and realizing they are being triggered from past relationships. Um, 
how do you go about bringing that up in a healthy way and, and not blaming someone else for triggering you, but in more presenting it in a more palatable space of we're in this together. How do we work through this together? Um, is well, there, do you have any like tricks on the communication aspect of it all of trying to just communicate that to say your partner, if you're in a relationship where you feel these things are yeah. coming up? Absolutely. So one thing that Max and I did was definitely we dug into our childhoods um, and how we were raised. Um, I also, we've shared our past experiences of dating. And for Max and I, the one thing that is wildly different is our past relationships. As I have all of this dating baggage almost is what it's felt like. Um, and he has not dated. <laughs> He's not been in a long-term relationship in his life and he's just been this butterfly for most of his adult life and so he doesn't have like this wounding or anything from past relationships um, but I do know his childhood and where he may be reacting from mm -hmm. in certain areas of his life so you can know from those experiences when something it takes a level of awareness too so when you're meditating, when you're like in the present moment and you're operating so that you're here, when something actually is triggered, you can find that it is like your accountability to notice when you're feeling triggered. Most of the time you'll know it's from you and that like you're going to take accountability or agency for it because it's taking you out of the present moment. It's no longer in control. It's like kind of getting more into that sympathetic nervous system that fight or flight and that is coming from your past versus being pinged or like something that doesn't resonate or align something you've already worked through is going to be more in like your parasympathetic it's going to keep you safe you're still going to be in the present moment that is something you can kind of talk through so knowing your childhood traumas and like knowing your just past experiences is really important so that when something does happen in the present moment I can tell Max hey like when you did this, it's show it's shining light on something that's happened in my past when this happened, when in this experience. And I'm reacting to it and I don't want to talk about it right now, but let's talk about it so that I can work through it later. But right now I need to work through it myself. And we just have this mutual conversation of like, I am now lit up and I am triggered, but I know it's not you and there's something still residing that I need to look at and go and do that, that work myself. And with him being the most amazing person that he is, is like so understanding. And that's mm -hmm. how I knew like this person is everything on my list. He is my manifestation partner to help me heal through those triggers. But it is ultimately being shown through him for me to work on those things. And mm -hmm. so he is there holding my hand through it all. And like, being that mirror that he's meant to be in my life right now and, and allowing me the space to work through all of that. And like, like there's been, it's been blissful and it's been like ease and, you know, that honeymoon phase of just like everything was in flow for months. Oh, and I know the honeymoon phase. I thought I was going to marry every <laughs> single girl I've ever been with. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a great state. I'm a lover and I'm an excited, I'm an excited life liver and I get really excited on things. And so yeah, I am all same. too familiar with that honeymoon phase where it's like, wait, <laughs> things shift, <laughs> things shift. 
Totally. No, I, and I used to be like that. And then like all my dating like uh, experiences of like, definitely like when I started dating Max, I was the opposite. I was like, he was like, um, full in. So yeah. I guess I can also give like a little bit of backstory to that just really quick too, is like, so as I was like going to this music festival, I'm living my life. I'm like seeing everything kind of manifest and everything's in flow. I signed up for this yoga festival and it's about a month out and I reach out to this yoga festival and I was like, it is a dream of mine to teach yoga at a festival. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get there. And I, I emailed this festival within three minutes after I email her, the owner, she calls me and is just like, so stoked that I reached out, but she's like, there, the lineup's already full. Um, however, I loved your energy through the email and I really want you to be there and be a part of this. Uh, here's a ticket. And so I got a free ticket to this three-day yoga festival. It was like yoga and music festival. And it's called Dristy Beats in Snowmass Village here in Aspen. And so as a month later, um, I'm like not interested in dating whatsoever. At the time, I'm just like still floating and enjoying this life of doing whatever I want to do. Like just, yeah, living the, the manifestation that I called in. And so uh, I get to the yoga festival and I get done with this yoga class. It's the second day of the festival. And this guy comes marching up to me and he's tall and he's dark headed and he's handsome. And he's like, he's like, who are you and where did you come from? And then we spend the rest of the entire festival going to all of these workshops together, breath work um electric um yeah kirtan and like um, these ecstatic dances and just all this beautiful intentional like cacao ceremonies all these amazing things and then after that yeah we just like spent every single day after that together I was still like yo like I am trying to live my life like I'm not in this yet but he was very adamant and like that was one of the things is like on my list was I admit I want them to know what they want and like it was clear <laughs> yeah which is funny that it was on your list because part of you was like no like I'm just floating I'm chilling but like on your list is someone who's adamant on like being in touch <laughs> with what they know and it's like this whole you know exactly. now you're in this position of like wait they do know what they want and that's me and I know <laughs> how do I feel about that actually like Totally. Yeah. And then since then we just became best friends and he was everything on the list and more. And the ultimate thing is like, for me is my number one priority is to love myself and to in turn help the world love themselves and make the world a better place through movement with yoga, with, the, with dance um, with breath work. And so that the collective can be in unconditional love and so that the world can work and rock together and I wanted someone to be on that similar path too and I felt the call in this community to be here and to help it raise its vibration and when I met Max um, and I asked him like what his you know core wants and beliefs were in this life and what he values and his was the same priority and so I was like well we're on the same page there. Let's yeah. freaking rock it. Let's see what happens. And since then, we are now like now going to ecstatic dances, facilitating ecstatic dances together. We now are going to teach yoga 
Bhakta and um, he's going to, he's, he and I are both DJing the yoga classes and the ecstatic dances. And he's now doing his seven skills of happiness to help bring people this beautiful um, philosophy that downloaded into his soul um, to help others. And it's so beautiful. And I got to see him speak on it like a couple of weeks ago and can't wait for you guys to do your I know I'm like smiling so big because I'm like we're gonna host Max sometime soon and get to hear his seven scales of happiness and um yeah I'm just excited it excites me the whole journey that you both have been on as individuals and I appreciate just this time with you to hear more about your individual journey um because I've known Max for a number of years and I've known a lot of the intricate details that have brought him up to this point in his life um, yeah. so for him to find a partner so beautiful in you and for you to find a partner so beautiful in him, it just really excites me to hear more about your story and how you guys found each other in, in this crazy yeah. world of 7 billion people. Um, and just, yeah. just to hear about your manifestation techniques and just all of that, I think it can really help, help anyone in whatever they're going through. And so I guess maybe one of the last questions I really want to ask is, in terms of making a list, say we're making a list of what we best believe our souls desire, because at the end of the day, that's like, it's our best guess, right? Like we want, like you said, it's figuring out the why behind it. And I think you're a very powerful and aware person um, where that can be pretty difficult. Um, And also hearing you speak, I want to just say that I have the utmost respect for the humility of everything that you touched upon in just the relationship setting and in all of it, in the learning and the, how, what someone else is doing is just showing you a deeper part of yourself. Um, Cause I really, I feel that humility is a huge aspect of everything that we're involved in. Um, So I just wanted to say thank you for showing up with such humility because it's really inspiring to hear someone talk from that lens. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. So to get back to my last question, when we're writing down this list, can this list say be for a career? Can this list also be for like more of say we're not in a place where we're looking to call in our dream partner. That's just not something that's really on the, on the wants and desires list at the moment. But I think there's obviously manifestation in a healthy way that could be being done in everyone's life in some faucet or another um, so would, would writing a list be one of these tools that you would suggest as getting more in touch with that? Oh yeah. So, and sorry, you asked me earlier too, like how, like, do we go about like, tangible- yeah, like what would, so, cause I love these concepts and I can talk about yeah. concepts for days and, and, and everything, but there is yeah. a part of me that like, I really believe especially more now than ever, because we live in a world with so much distraction and so many different avenues on what we can do and how to spend our time. It's like in a very tangible, easy sense, how do we put this into action? Like, how do we actually apply this in a way that can resonate with not just someone in say a dream relationship setting, but in everyday (laughs) life, no matter who we are. Well, with knowing that, everything around you and your current state of being and living is mirroring to you um, something in your life. And when you look around at your life and if there is an area in your life that is not in alignment with what you want or you desire, 
start digging into what it's mirroring you. It's like if you're in a career right now and you are say like it is not fulfilling and, and it is just your dread. There's like the spirit of dread that's coming up or you just feel that it's not in alignment and there's more. So it's showing you something. So find where you can unblock or if you can feel into that and why it's what it's mirroring to you, you will unblock these parts of you that are staying in that worthiness of feeling like you're meant to be in this career that is not in alignment with who you are. So it's showing you this level of unworthiness or undeservingness in your life that is coming from somewhere in your life that was imprinted into you in your childhood. So it's, you can use um, to be magnetic. Um, you can go into their workshops and meditate on these things. Um, there's journal prompts to um, that I could also provide somehow, some way we could come up with that as well. Um, but basically to ask you like, what is going on in the body? Like what are your core wants and trying to get down into your authentic code? So like, for me, for example, my authentic code, like one of it is to travel. So every time I'm answering a question for myself of like what I'm constantly thinking about when I'm like doing nothing and like when I'm just sitting around, like what am I constantly thinking about or what am I constantly reading about? So those are different areas of your life that you can start to think like I am constantly reading about manifestation and how it works and neuroplasticity and self-help things and about yoga and how to do different sequences in a yoga class to help people explore their bodies a little bit more, um, ecstatic dance, how to create movement or music. And so how all these tie together are like travels and like I'm constantly wanting to travel and create these ways of, of like teaching people how to manifest these are my core like this is my authentic code is to travel to create connection with other people um so those are examples to kind of get down to the root of that desire and then from there we want to look at expanders so we didn't really touch too much on this but we need to see to believe that these things exist so you can use like social media or movies or other people in your life that surround you that can show you what they are living is something that you want. So like, if you think of like someone that you follow on, like on a social media account that maybe pings of an energy of jealousy or envy. And instead of like being upset about it, it's actually an opportunity and benefits you because now you know what you want want through that expander and it's like a jealousy expander and you can also look at people that are in a relationship you can have fragment expanders and then you can have full expanders so like fragment expander would be like a relationship that you see and that's in your life like literally first degree like you can see that relationship and they're around you and you see the things that are like things that you desire or that expand you that want that you're like oh I really want that you know in my relationship so now you have seen it. So now you believe because it exists. So now your soul can know that it exists. And then now you can manifest that because it's now kind of like being seen it is more of a reality. Like it's in reality. Mm -hmm. And that after that is aligned action. So it's 
now you look around, now you've unblocked, you see the expanders of the things that have allowed um, to be an invitation to what is in alignment for you um, in your life and your desires, your manifestations. You've gotten clear on that. Now you just take the aligned action. Um, basically, you write down those expanders, you write down those desires, those core wants um, that are working with your worth. And you start to clear space around you, the things that are no longer in alignment with you and start to only accept things that are in alignment. Yeah. So it sounds to me like this whole principle of manifestation, it's not so much a, if you do this, everything in your life will click. It's, it's not a one-stop shop, like modern day type of positive, say a few words and like, everything's good. It seems to me that this is a really in-depth topic that takes time to practice and takes time to really start to uncover. And that's going to look different for everyone. Um, Cause I know yeah. even me, like I, when I hear manifestation, some of the things I think of are like affirmations and like ingraining something into your subconscious, like with affirmations, or you mentioned like vision boards before, like those are something that kind of comes up when I think of manifestation like it's a lot of these kind of tangible like tools that have been presented in a self-help format of like these are easy things you can do to attract the life you want type of things yeah. but what i'm sensing through this conversation is that it's really almost just about taking inventory of where we're at what we've been through yeah. and then aligning that with with what the world looks like around us whether that's who we're hanging out with what foods we're eating what we're watching where we're spending all of our time making our money at this thing we call the job um mm -hmm. who we're dating and sharing all of our time with and stuff and yeah. recognizing that all of these things are actually showing us who we are on a deeper level therefore leading to us getting to know our own code and then once we know that code is when we can actually start having fun in a more sense of say putting in three days i would like all my handstand workshops to be sold out as a kind of affirmation and again what i'm realizing is that these manifestations they don't come up in the form of like a new car or a new thing it comes up in the form of little tiny hints and affirmations and like um almost validations from the universe that you're on the right path right it's yeah. not like a big present like a big prize like you won the manifestation game like good job like start over from scratch it's like <laughs> no like it'll keep going like we keep having to take inventory and the more and more though that we look around it's like oh wow like my career feels like it's on the right path right now. And I know this because yesterday I just got a call from someone I wasn't expecting and I have a gig that's taking me here or I know like I, you know, so it's like, maybe yeah. that is more of the signs that we are living a life of manifestation is just feeling that we're on the right path. Yeah. Well, and it also just, it boils down to how unblocked and how much you're in your self-worth, like a narcissist, for instance, who is, so they so believe they are like in their worth they can manifest some of the biggest things and it's like because they are so in their worth they have all this they like don't really have to work through like small manifestations to be like more in alignment or how do I want to say this is like for instance for me because of all of my blocking and my shadows that I had to work through it took me to take 
small little actions. Like I had to start with a coffee table and a firewood holder, like little small manifestations first so that I could really ingrain. When when you say that though, what does that look like? Like you literally manifested a coffee table or like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I started to play with manifestation magic. Um, like I guess it was five years ago, five or six years ago. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give, like, I, I need to, like, I'm re I read about it. I know it all so well, but I was like, how do I start to put it into play? Like, how do I, yeah, go online. And so I was like, I really, really like, like this coffee table from like, I think it was like West Elm and it was like beautiful, bohemian, wooden. And it was like a thousand dollars. And at the time I was making like a ton of money. I was like, yeah, I could afford that. But I was like, no, I'm going to be patient. And I'm just going to manifest this material thing into my life um, so that I can really fire up my trust um, process my belief system in manifestation that I can call in material things in this material world. So I wrote down everything on the list and I wanted it to be under a hundred dollars. And then I wanted it to look exactly like that. And on that same list, I said, I wanted a firewood holder that was this size, black modern. Um, and I wanted it to be for free. I didn't want to have to pay for it. Um, I also wanted to manifest a, a hobby, an accessory hobby. And I wrote down all these things on my list and it takes about six to 12 months, typically, um, when you're patient to start seeing these manifestations come through, especially bigger manifestations for me, I am outside skateboarding with some friends. I'm terrible at skateboarding, but I was trying it with some friends outside the apartment complex and we, I've been living in this apartment complex for quite some time, a couple of years and I've never skateboarded there. And for some reason, I guess this was maybe like a couple of weeks after I wrote down this manifestation list, my friends wanted to come over and skate down this hill. And I was like, all right, cool, let's try it. And so we're outside and we're skateboarding all of a sudden I'm going down this hill and I find these dump, this dumpster right outside the dumpster is this fucking firewood holder that is black modern and it is the exact size that I was looking for right outside sitting right outside someone had just placed it right outside the dumpster for some reason wanted it to be placed there kid you not I take it inside clean it up and it is stunning and so then a week later or so I am walking around downtown Boulder and I love going to free people if I'm looking for any sort of clothing And I walk into the store and I've been in there several times over the last few years, but they're moving locations on this day. And I'm like, oh, wow, cool. Like a sale is going to happen. Like I'm going to go in and buy some discount stuff. Could you not? Um, There's the coffee table for $70 (laughs) sitting on display. However, at the time, someone had already reserved it. So I'm like, no, I was like, this is not happening right now. I was like, this is, I told the lady, I was like, this is my coffee table. She was like, leave your name and your number. And she's like, if this person doesn't pick it up by the end of the day, we'll give you a call in the morning. And I was like, they're not going to call you. You can throw away their number. That is my coffee table. I cannot. And I get a call from them the next morning and I go and pick it up. They give me this giant workshop table and that coffee table for $70 
So not only do I get the coffee table, but I got the workshop table that I now, not anymore that I've moved here, but at the time I was like, what is the accessory hobby I'm going to do? Download leather, leather goods. So I now have a workshop table that I can, I was working on with all of my leather stuff that I started to yeah manifest into my life and create by going through like YouTube videos and all this stuff. And it lit me up. And then I got the coffee table. I love, I love, 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 love this story because I feel like a lot of the times that we talk about some of these things, whether it's manifestation or any of the other, maybe more spiritual topics out there, Mm -hmm. they don't need to be so in depth. Like you can literally go manifest a coffee table. Like that's a good place to start. Like you don't have to manifest your dream husband. Like that may be one that comes a little bit later. Like that's a big thing a million (laughs) dollars like that's a big energy source like yeah it might take some practice so I love so much just starting with pick something that you not just want in your life but I I I love so much that you were like this this desk came into my life and now it's the workshop bench for my whole leather project that you have going on which I know is something that you've in a creative way flourished with over the last couple years so to me it's just like some like <laughs> pick something that will add value to your life, not just something that you want, but pick something that will add value to your intrinsic soul's desire. If Absolutely. it's art, if it's decor, if it's design, like it can be a coffee table, like anything that adds just authentic value, not yeah. in an egoic way, but just in a way that's authentic. And then uh, write it down. And be patient, wait six to 12 months and see yeah. what happens. And when yeah. you say, write it down, do we have to like every single night rewrite it and have to like obsess over like making this thing come true? <laughs> like, no, is- not at all. It's, um, I just wrote it down one time and I, so I am a specific manifester and well, actually, yeah. So there's specific and there's non-specific. I need to be more specific. Um, I, um, actually it's, Cause the universe is humorous. Like it's actually quite hilarious sometimes if you're not very specific and I can go down that in a second too. But like when we do these little fragment manifestations or these micro manifestations, I should say it also, it ingrained the trust inside of me. I was like, this shit works. I was like, I can manifest this magic is real. And like, I believed it It was that those are the affirmations. Like in the material world that I needed. So that little thing that I started calling in started to ingrain it more in my body that this is actually, so I started to see it, to believe it. And then uh-huh. I started the bigger manifestations and that big manifestation for me, that was the place here in Aspen. So I wrote down, this is where the universe is really funny. Um, <laughs> and which I love, like, I, I think that is like really ultimately what it's about too, is like finding the humor and all of it as well through everything. Like, don't take life serious, play more, please. And so I'm like writing down this list. Like I want to live on my own. I want it to be under a thousand dollars. So I needed it to be like wildly out of this world. Like living in Aspen for under a thousand dollars a month is absolutely not going to happen. Like to some people where they're like, you're crazy. That will not happen. Like the average rent right here is $3,500 a month. So I like write under a thousand dollars on my own. And I was like in the mountains close to like where I can just drive 10, 15 minutes to the yoga studio, 10, maybe less than that to the river. Like I wanted it to be in nature. 
And I was like, and cool neighbors, you know, like cool, like neighbors or, you know, if I have to live with other people, fine. Um, so I write all that down and I find a spot under a thousand dollars in the mountains, everything on the list. I get to the space and, um, I'm skipping a lot about the story, but basically I, I get there. I'm like, there's no way this exists, but I ended up finding it on Facebook marketplace and it looked great in all the photos. And I get there and the space is like 10 by 10 little tiny studio. Like literally I don't even have a stove. It's just a burner on the counter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I've, I've lived in, stuff. I've lived in Aspen in that style before. I know. What oh that's my about. God. It was hilarious but I was like this is it like I manifested everything on my this, list yeah like, this is my list place. like I yeah I wasn't specific about a size I said I wanted a room <laughs> on that yeah so specific and non-specific is important sometimes if you are a specific manifester God, so like yeah. for me being specific I needed to write that down and I did it so yeah like universe is like here you go but all it's of that like when you wrote that coffee table thing it wasn't just like I want to I want a coffee table. Like you were a bit exactly. more specific with what you wanted. Um, mm -hmm. And I've heard different stories of that, even like, um, um, what's the guy, Jim Carrey. I, he tells yeah. a story about how he wrote a check Power to himself Carey. for a million dollars or $10 million or something. And then yeah. 10, like 10 years later or something, he filmed the Dumb and Dumber movie and he made exactly $10 million like on that yes. movie and he was able to cash the check like to himself. Um, yeah. so I know there are, I think people that have a lot of success in that realm yet. I have also heard of what you were talking about as a non-specific manifester where some people say like, oh, I've never actually spent much time on the details. I just focus more on maybe the overall feeling or the overall kind of atmosphere of it all. Um, yeah. so exactly. I, I like, I like that you touched on that because again, there's no right and wrongs in how we live this life. Um, so I think it's important to not get up with the rules of anything, even when it comes into manifesting and stuff, it's like, play with it, have fun, see what works for you and test things out, like start small. And yeah. in the money episode that's airing on Monday, actually, Lucas and I, we just filmed it yesterday. Um, and we got into this whole talk about how in so much of society, we don't exercise our money muscle. And that can just be talking about money. Like we, we don't even know that it's in the deck of cards that we're playing with. Um, no one just talks about money. Like you can talk about the game. You could talk about the weather. You could talk about anything, but like no one even thinks to talk about money. It's just one of yeah. those things that hasn't been exercised. So it's not built up in, in us. And yeah, I think shy away from it. Yeah. And so I like, even just from that conversation in this moment, I'm like, I'm excited to start exercising my manifestation muscle, which is like, you know, it's not that I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the manifestation. Like I'm just excited to start exercising it, whatever that looks like starting yeah. small. And I think another good thing to point out is in the wise words of my mother who would leave post-it notes on our fridge before we would go to school of just like, sometimes either like a, a verse from the Bible or like something, something good and positive, just a love lovely that. lady. One yeah. post-it note was patience is not the ability to wait. It is the ability to wait with a good attitude. I love that. And it's like, <laughs> that to me is like hearing you, it's like, it takes six to 12 months. It's like that to some people, like to anyone with any bit of ADD or impatience syndrome, like that's <laughs> going to be like, well, fuck, like that's a long time to get a coffee table. 
but it's like, <laughs> it's leading towards bigger things. It's leading towards a new foundation of seeing what this life actually is and the power yeah. we have capable within us. And that's yeah. when, you know, like decades can happen in days at that point. Like once we do that six to 12 months, like maybe we won't need to wait another six to 12 months to manifest. Like it's, yeah. it's instilling it's that how belief much system. Are willing to put in the work, you know, like, yeah most people aren't willing to put in a lot of the work. They don't want to do it sometimes. And I get it. It's hard. And it's yeah. hard to take a look at all of that blockage and that, that shadow work that is deep inside of you. And some people's like, well, even myself, like, I don't want to see it just yet. Like, I don't want to get in there just yet. And I'll wait weeks before I get back into my DI, which is a deep imagining that I work through getting into that inner child and like go through that deep hypnosis work to reprogram my brain. But the more that we can unblock and expand and take aligned action, the faster those manifestations start coming through because your trust muscle, your work, everything is starting to open up and clear and align. So it's all depending on what you put in, you get out too. A hundred percent. I love yeah. the saying part-time work gives part-time results. Exactly. It's like, it's just that simple. Like, do yeah. you need to work out on the weekends? Like, no, but if you're skipping days of workouts and like your, your results will also be dependent upon that. So it's like, yeah, it's just getting in alignment with, you know, where our priorities do lie and how we're spending <laughs> our time. And if we do envision a world around us, that looks very different from what we're looking at now, then maybe yeah. that is a good indication that maybe 10 minutes a day, I can sit down and just write about maybe what it is that I actually want in life. What is yeah. it about my career that's sticky? What is it about my relationship that's sticky? Where is this coming from? And I think writing this stuff down really helps with seeing it or just talking to another human about it, I think is extremely powerful. Um, and just Absolutely. getting a bit more in touch with that. Totally. And the other thing is like, I when I first started all of this, I had not actually like, wrote down what does my dream day look like what does my dream life look like like how often do we actually write that stuff down or really fine tune it or think about it yeah. and like very many people actually put it on paper or truly think about the details of it like you can like think about it pat and passing or, or like someone might show it to you but when you actually sit down with yourself and like think about this and write it down even if it's a day like just the day and like it's like wild like actually now it exists because you're seeing it on paper a hundred percent i think it was maybe the power of now or like some book was talking about how there's every single thing in the world that's ever been manifested has been manifested in a three-step equation of it starts with a thought and then it goes into physical existence, whether that's through sharing it in words with someone else or writing it down and then action. Like literally any invention, any product that's ever been created, like anything ever that's ever been yeah. created or manifested has gone through that three-step process. So it's like- yeah. If I we have that. these thoughts, get it on paper, get it to be real because anything that's up here, it's not really real. That's just like, it's a world of gray area. That it's a part of the 60 other thousand thoughts that you have in your head. Exactly. Like that's a whole nother episode of we can get into that, but I think that's a good starting place is maybe just getting thoughts out, you know, being patient, having fun with it. Um, and just trusting in the process, not looking for direct results, but just having fun with build with exercising that muscle, we'll call it the manifestation mm -hmm. muscle, you know, that we all yeah. have the ability to exercise at each and every single person, no matter what position they're in.
Absolutely. I know it's such exciting stuff. Like I'm so excited for anyone that's listening to start playing with it and like, yeah. So can you, to anyone who's listening, do you, um, do you, one, do you work one-on-one with clients in this realm? Do you have a place where people can reach out to you if they want to learn more about manifesting or anything in that realm? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Macy yoga with an extra a so it's m-a-c-y yoga with another a on the end perfect and i'll then, put it in the show notes as well okay perfect and i also have a website macyyoga.com okay so cool. yeah and are you accepting do you have clients now in the realms of like yoga i know we've talked about a bunch of different things on this topic but pretty <laughs> much should anyone out there who's interested in anything we talk about just hit you up and and feel free to open a conversation yeah, absolutely. I this is like what lights me up and like this is where like when I'm like thinking of my authentic code and like trying to dial in my authentic code, these conversations about yoga, movement, manifestation, it's my life. Like it's all I think about, it's all I read about, and it's all I talk about. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, at least at this stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the longer you you live in Aspen, the more snowboarding is all you're going to talk about. <laughs> Yeah. Then there's that too. (laughs) That is a part of the conversation as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Always, always. That goes in the movement category. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited to just even film another episode with you soon so we can chat more about maybe the movement side of your life and the yoga side of your life and the more physical practice of all of that, because Today, I know we spent a lot of time on more relationships and manifesting and that type of stuff. Um, So we have tons of material for episodes two, three, four, five, whatever, whatever comes from here. But just thank you so much (laughs) for taking the time to sit. We did two and a half hours almost. uh. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm not shocked. (laughs) Yeah. So, And I'm not sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was a good one. That was a good one. It was a good one. Thank you so much for having me. Truly. Such a sunshine. And I was like, whenever you asked me, it was truly such an honor to be in a podcast with you and like run through this topic because I know we've, we've chatted about this many times outside this space, but I think it's going to open up and be an expander for other people as they listen and hear the stories about where we've come from and our experiences with it all too. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And it is just an honor to be sharing an open space because I think that's what a podcast does so wonderfully is in every other artistic realm that I've ever been involved in it's all about this end finished product like whether it's you're making an album whether it's you're making a track whether it's you're DJing it's like it's almost like the whole point is to get this shiny polished thing to present to the world Um, whereas in the podcast realm it can be a little just more like raw authentic we're just going to talk about it all put it out there, (laughs) provide space for just learning to happen in the moment. Like I don't ever want to come from a place of knowing. I definitely feel very humbled by every guest I have on here. And and I would love to continue providing a space for people like you to share their experience and their wisdom um, with not just me, but whoever is listening. And yeah, so just thank you tremendously for your vulnerability, for just your power and for Uh, manifesting Max, because that's how I got to meet you. So (laughs) Like, I'm so grateful for your journey that led you to him. Yeah. Um, and that Thanks. eventually led us to playing basketball that one day. And now here I we know. are sitting. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, cool. Well, we'll leave all your details in the show notes and I'm sure we will link up soon in the future whenever our paths cross next. I can't wait. Right um, now, same. Hope and I'm excited. You. Yeah, keep collabing as the times goes on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Macy, I love you so much. Thank you, I thank you, thank you. And we'll chat happy very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, happy manifesting to everyone out there. Hit us up, hit us up and let us know your manifestation <laughs> journeys. Um, oh, yeah. yes. I'm excited. Thanks, Macy. Love you. Love you so much.